sorry about that. I was trying to request uh, Tina into the live, but. Alright. I think I got it right. I I joined. Okay, cool, cool, cool. There we go. There we go. Hi, everybody. How are you? All right. All right. So, uh, so far, what do you what do you think? I think I think I'm doing a pretty good job at this. I think you're doing a great job. This is your first uh, podcast. So there, Tina. Oh man. Uh, I think I, I froze, and I think I lost Tina. There we go. There we go. <laughs> What's up, Pura Cultura Podcast? What's going down? Hey, sorry about that. Okay, yeah. Hi, Smiley. I'm my mom's little mini boy. Yeah, that's Manny. I'm that's my, my youngest Manny. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, as for, so, can you do a little quick intro into, uh, you know, who you are and and, and what you do? Um, sure. Hey, I'm. Mommy doing. Getting... <laughs> oh, thanks, Manny. Um, I'm a stay-at-home parent. 38 years old, living in Rockville, Maryland, Montgomery County, Maryland, about 20, 20 to 20. Um, I've always loved reading, writing, or anything. Involved in that. All right, thank you. And then we'll um, what's your uh, a couple English in college. I took. Okay, thank you. <laughs> he can be my hype man. All I took two English courses. Uh, it was good experiences. They taught me more about writing for your audience. You know, whether you're writing, mm-hmm. or you know, you different reasons to write. Whether to be creative and expressing, telling a story, or professional writing, whether you're, whether you're writing for um, what you want to call business reasons, persuade someone, legal reasons, you know, those things. Mm, okay, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, so um, when what got you into writing, though? Um. I think ever since middle school, when they had us, they had us writing uh, just about everything. They had us writing haikus. They had us writing short stories, journaling, and things like that. And I just, you know, I always loved reading. I think that is kind of how it started. So. Mm. As as someone that, how can you persuade someone that doesn't like? reading or writing like how can you persuade them to 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 pick up that 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 uh that uh 
inspiring feeling to want to do it. Okay, well, that's that's simple enough. No, I can no, hold, I can oh, thank it. you. All right, I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit too strict with him. But um, insofar as uh, insofar as reading, that's really easy. You got to find something that the person likes because so many people are so stuck where you have to read a certain kind of. On top of, oh yeah, yeah. Um, where you have to read a certain type of book, you've got to read a history book or whatever the hell it is. Um, author Stephen King, you know, who wrote tons of horror, you know, books that everyone's familiar with his uh, movies and such. He said, get your kids reading. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the back of a cereal. Well, I say it doesn't matter if it's the back of a cereal box. And his point of view was, you know, even if they're reading comic books, it doesn't matter. You know, there's mm -hmm. also like, there's also audio books that I think are more interesting because usually they're told in the voice of a character or maybe the author like voices the, you know, narrates the book. And so the author knows the voice of the characters too. And so you can kind of interpret it as well. That's a different way of, I guess, ingesting or taking in a book, yeah. you know? It's nice. Mm -hmm. I yeah. So, and um, when you try to, like me, for example, when I have something in my mind, um, it comes out totally different when it when I when it's finally time to put mm -hmm. words into paper. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? Like, with not being able to express the the right words to your to to match what you're thinking about, like your visual idea. I that it's hard. You have to find that connection, and it takes time developing. Mm -hmm your mind and translating it to paper or computer and so I think that there's been a lack of people writing on on paper I think I spoke I'm not sure if it was Papillon podcast or another writer that I, um, that I spoke with who's a writer essentially um, talking about the importance of writing on paper writing on notebook paper having that the writing flow from your hand it's almost like you know how you're playing video games you're in the zone and it's fun mm -hmm. and you can do it without even thinking about it because you have that hands-eye coordination well the same it can be something similar with writing you know when you put enough effort into writing in notepad or sheets of paper or scrap pieces of paper it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter where you yeah. write on a napkin for for all it yeah is, yeah you know? Because I mean, essentially, is is it really is like a like a puzzle, right? I mean, how do you how do you figure the whole process? Um, well, I think you take it in, in pieces. You do what you can, and when you reach a certain point where you feel like you're your head against the wall, it's time to take a break. That's when you read mm. the writer's block. You've got to walk away from it. That way, you come back with a fresher mind, different perspective. Or sleep, you know, and then yeah. you're gonna dream about it anyways. You know. Now, w when you write, do you have uh, notes that you've taken before you actually sit down and write, or do you just sit down and just type away? It depends on what I'm writing, so it, it can be both ways. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times, like for example, uh, give us an example of what what can take you having to uh, put more thought into before sitting down and typing? Um, I wrote one essay that I published on uh, on elephantjournal.com. It's more like a, um, a mindful, like, 
spiritual page where you can write about whatever it is as long as it's um i guess kind of just elevates things just makes things things better or whatnot for people whether it's a negative positive topic or whatever it may be but just to keep it kind of somewhat uplifting and informative yeah. but um mine was a little different um i guess it took me months to write my essay because i kept on sweetheart thank you Please. um um, um Go ahead. mister would you like a cheese it um i mean so essay writing is a totally different monster though i think yeah well I and mean, what i did i wrote what i wrote what i learned it wasn't it was somewhat persuasive essay somewhat informative because I, I wrote about different artists and 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 a writer that were um, that were in my life essentially, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So it wasn't completely like I wrote about them. It wasn't just completely my own personal thoughts because I wanted it. I wanted to at first it would it just kind of felt like it was kind of like self indulgent what I wrote when I shared it with people and after I read it and thought about it and I kept on working on it. And I forget who or how I found the, I think my friend Brian or whatnot, I found the confidence to kind of publish my work because I shared it with a few people. Sweethearts, I'm on live. Please go, go do something. Um, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I share, you know, as a writer, I think, or as an artist for with anything, whether it comes to clothing, whether it comes to art, uh, writing, music, whatever it may be, um, there's mm -hmm. a kind of putting yourself out there because you've put so much of yourself into whatever your work, your craft mm -hmm. may be. And so, yeah. you know, having that confidence to publish anything, you know, is still, you know, is still something I thought, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 no, no doubt. Uh, when it comes to publishing it, though, like, that that must have been a hard process. How did you go about and do something like that? Um, I forget why I chose that particular platform. Um, one moment, sir, I'll give you time. But um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't that hard because I published have a private blog that I published to that you know only a few people know of or whatnot. That's awesome, Hello, isn't it? People. Hi, welcome. Everyone, that's right. We got engaged with people who are little boy. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, thank you. Man. Hopefully, it'll stop within a moment. His, his name is Benny. You said your son. I can still hear you though. Oh, his name is Benny. You said your son. Gosh. Oh, all right. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, my Benny, oh, that, that's my son's name too, Benny. Yeah, but we call him short for Benito, though. I don't know. If, yeah. Manito or Benito? Benito. So, yeah, but we call him Benny, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, his, his, name is, uh, uh, his name is Kenny. Not me. 
Okay. Manny. It's okay. You know, we're having. I would love like it to be Benny. That's a nice name. Benny is a cool name. Yeah, Benny is a cool name. What is his name? I still haven't caught it right. Oh. <laughs> oh, Manny. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I didn't get to catch. Oh, Manny. Okay, Manny. Um. Now, as for. When you um, have you ever attended workshops? Uh, That's something that that um, a lot of people don't attend workshops for some reason. Um, I have not. I don't recall personally attending a workshop. Ooh, personal. Okay. You have? Have have you? <laughs> <laughs> so add some comedy to it. He always does. <laughs> Now, what are some tools that you can recommend someone starting up actually take into consideration? Um, I guess figure out what your, what your focal point is, you know, and that's something you develop as you go. That's something that mm -hmm. you develop what you're, you may, and it's just like life. You may think, okay, I'm going to write about this. This is going to be my focal point. But when the thoughts flow out and everything said and done and you put that puzzle together it may be a different focus point so i guess be mm. open-minded be open to the process um and so far when you're starting writing uh be patient with yourself you know be you know be kind to yourself don't expect perfection with the first draft or even the second or third it may take 10 drafts you never know um and mm. definitely um, if you know anyone who is a trusted person that you feel comfortable sharing your writing with, you know, share with someone that you know and trust to get their insight on that. Because it's always good to to do that when you're first starting out and they can give you pointers or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Now, having someone, you know, having someone that, that you can, um, you know, talk about your ideas, it, it's really helpful, you know, to really... Uh, see if uh maybe you know some some thoughts are not just are not clicking the right way or not you know some ideas are just like too far out or whatnot but uh so besides essays what else have you um have you written um let's see when i first started working at blockbuster i wrote an instruction manual as to how to um process certain things how to um, process delinquent accounts and other things like that. Um, okay. So that's more a little bit more like technical writing, I guess you could say. Um, mm. Let me see. I uh, what else insofar as writing? Uh, I haven't written any books. <laughs> I, I haven't sat down long enough to write a book like that. Journaling is another one. You know that journaling that that's really good. You know, I do try that sometimes. What about you? Yeah. You've been asking me a lot of questions. Yeah. Let's ask you a question. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, like, I, I'm here to learn as well. Like, I, I want, you know, to, you know, network with people and just learn in the process. This is, this is my little journey as well. You know, I'm trying to go into this as a student, not a teacher, you know. <laughs> well, I think if we're all open, you know, we're all students in one way or another, if we're open to learning. I think, I, I forget what teacher taught me that it's really great to be a lifetime learner. And if you're really mm -hmm. open to it, 
um, anyone can be your teacher. Because I mean, yeah. I learn from my kids. I learn from having conversations with people. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. Up. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because it's just like, I've just been in Maryland for quite some time. I mean, I've traveled some, but you know, with COVID and everything, um, I've mm -hmm. traveled virtually, you know, just mm -hmm. befriending people and, and all that. And everyone that I've befriended or or had a conversation with, I've learned something from because I've been open to it, you know, and even the You're using uh, uh, social media for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people use social media for the, <laughs> the dumbest reasons, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, it, it it's based on where you are in your life, you know, because it's just yeah. like, buddy for just I mean, I used to just mindlessly scroll through social media, but then um, I forget what inspired me, you know, in part, it was, you know, events that have happened within the country, you know, just people being hurt and killed and such. And um, mm. so, I, I, you know, let, I'll keep it light or whatnot. But that kind of made me shift focus a bit because I feel I grew up, I went to private school. Um, I didn't really encounter racism per se growing up. I encountered classism you know, per se, you know, for people who are wealthier than I was going to private school, but that's, you find everywhere. I think, mm -hmm. uh, I think I was lucky to not encounter racism. And I guess going to private school, I didn't encounter um, what other people experience when you speak a different way. And I, I don't judge anybody because I've had mm -hmm. quite a colorful past per se. Um, but yeah, you learn, you know, school of hard knocks. Why not? But um, oh gosh, uh, there was a point to that because you were asking, oh, are your teachers and such? So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even even uh, exes, you know, I've learned from. You know, I've I've shifted my perspective in how I view things because instead of saying, oh, that was such a huge mistake in my life, I regret that. You know, I've developed a different mindset where everyone is either a blessing, a lesson, or both, you know what I mean? It just mm. depends on how you, how you view it, how you, you know, write that narrative. And that's the yeah. thing I did. Uh, um, years ago, I attended a motivational um, event with, uh, with Tony Robbins. He was there virtually. Oh, really? he, wasn't, he wasn't there himself, you know, but he was there. Oh, okay. the screen. But, um, but I learned you know, some things essentially um, from there. But then sometimes, you know, you hear things and it doesn't really settle. It doesn't resonate. You don't quite understand uh, until later on down the road. You know, like in high school, mm. I took, you know, some math courses that I didn't understand until I was in college. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I don't have a college degree. I only have 12 credits um, in, in a local community college or whatnot. So... Um, you know, uh, I just, I learned as I, as I went, you know what I mean? Just learning from yeah. bosses, learning from coworkers, picking up things here and there from reading and reading self-help books and all that jazz. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think I was mentioning to you too, that, that, um, when I started reading, like really reading, mm -hmm. um, when I was younger, uh, I got into self-help books and and psychological, you know, psych psychology type books 
mm-hmm. can help you on, on how to, you know, do certain things with kind of like, what do they call those? Uh, life hacks, life hacks, something <laughs> like that. Um, mm-hmm. So those really helped out just, just to be able to, just to be able to go through, through life and pick out certain people in your life and, you know, be able to tell on people who really is who. I was really able, just through reading and just through through uh, observation, I've always been really good with picking out the right people or or being able to tell, you know, certain um, characteristics with people just on first, on first, uh, on the first time that we meet or whatnot, you know, I'm mm-hmm. able to pick up on certain things. So like those things really helped out. And I think all that, I think it comes back to my passion, which is to to showcase that in a form of writing, in a form mm-hmm. of story. And I think all those things help. You know what I've really been um, uh, taking notes on and watching? Um, have you heard of the Masterclass? Um, is that with different Online. experts on, on different Yeah. Topics? I've been really um, – yeah, I've been watching the R.L. Stein, the author R.L. Stein. Oh, nice. I've been Who's watching his – his master uh, master class. Mm-hmm. He's a really great teacher. Like, yeah, I never, even though he speaks pretty like, like, kind of like that one actor from uh, from uh, what's that one movie with that with that misbehaved child, uh, problem child. Remember that that one? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the the principal. John what's his name? John Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> he kinda, he uh, yeah. So it's kind of like kind of like uh, you know. He has that that um, kind of quiet, you know, type of way, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really and thinking that he was going to be a great. You know. And then when he's like, yeah. thinking, like he's just a totally different person. He's just a character, yeah. somewhat larger. Yeah, than larger. yeah. And he and he really goes um through the, so even like that's kind of considered more of a workshop too. You know, going through classes like that. And, and, and really um, taking notes. But I, I think all those things just really, really, you have to really take notes, though, I believe. Because just watching it, I mean, you could take some stuff out of it, but actually put it into practice, you have to have some reference into, into what you, because from one day to another, you're going to be like, what did I watch yesterday? I forgot what he was talking about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You do have to. I do things a little differently. Like I have an app where I just kind of write down the key points of the day or whatever I'm grateful for. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. That's like journaling then, huh? Yeah. That's like the journaling part. Journal yeah. App. It's called uh, um, Dalio, D-A-Y-L-I-O. And so you can, uh-huh. you know, journal that. Huh. Are we oh, is like an app? Carnalismo is asking, are we doing this live every Thursday? This would be good so people you know, can read their writing. So, you know what? That would be great. Oh, yeah. Great. That's, that's a good idea. Thank you, Marco. Yeah, that would be good. See, I have, uh, for next Thursday, I have this, uh, I have an author from uh, Chicago. His name is uh, Ricardo Garcia. He wrote a few books already. He uh, published a few, self-published a few books. I want to get them on next Thursday. Um, so I'm excited for that, you know. So it's, um, yeah, that would be a great thing to get, you know, to get some a few passages of, of their, you know, works or whatnot. Would you be willing to do something like that, Tina, to, to share some passages of uh, what you've written? Sure. Yay, Victor and Tina. 
Okay. The video is still, um, I can't hear you now. I wonder if I have to leave. Oh, really? Oh, now I can hear you. I guess it, there's oh, okay. sort of a, a slight delay, perhaps. Oh, was there? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. No, um, you don't have to apologize. Just, you know, uh, it's always better to say thank you. You know what I mean? It, it's just part of my training that I got as a as a receptionist. Like, it, people, oh, okay. you know, people are, it, it's about treating people with kindness and people treating everyone like a guest. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, doesn't it sound so much better when you say thank you to someone? Like, thanks for waiting. Mm. Thanks for rolling with these technical difficulties. Thanks for making the time to like have me on your live and all those other good stuff. And thank you know mm. what I mean? for having me. Yeah. Give me more time. <laughs> I gave him a little bit of extra screen time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like coming up from a Latino uh, background. It's, mm -hmm. If you really stop to think, uh, the wording and, and, and traditional uh, ways of doing things, you, you really start to, like, wonder, where did that come from? Like, like I don't know if you're familiar with the, the term, uh, um, uh, what is it called, uh, mande? When 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 some, some you're trying to have someone repeat something, it's like mande? So it's like, like what, command me? <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, but it's not, because it's just, like, certain things are not um... – are not supposed to be literally translated. You've got to take clues into the context of the words or whatnot. So um, yeah. So yeah, that that's basically part of. You know what? I was even having a, a philosophical conversation with someone as to how certain religious books um, were interpreted or whatnot, um, and how their translations were were wrong essentially because they didn't take. Uh, all the context into it into account when translating you know what i mean yeah yeah well yeah when it comes to religious uh you know manuscripts and stuff yeah there's a lot of uh because there's different languages and stuff that you're mm -hmm. dealing with yeah but uh would you be willing to share some um uh, a, a passage from something that you've written from uh your an essay or something um i would i don't have anything ready right now um, oh, okay Robert, do you, Bobby, do you have anything that you want to share or that you're available to share? Because he, you know, it's just like, it's okay if it's kind of deep. It's a writer's, uh, I defer to Victor. It's his podcast, but I would think it's okay. If it's oh, I mean, if anyone, yeah, let me throw that out there. If anyone wants to go uh, live right now and just share something, you know, let me know. Oh, I did. I, I did write write something that I can kind of remember off offhand without without verbalizing um w without mentioning names or whatnot. Like um, I, I wrote something in regards to um, into the first podcast I followed or whatnot, and, and so um, that I seriously followed because I, I I just I don't know I just never really got into the whole podcast scene until um, I don't. I'm not sure if it was May or June. I'm going to have to go back to my notes or whatnot. But um, I don't know. I just, I, I like writing about people. Um, let me see. I can't pull it up here, though. I mean, I can't, I have a poetry book, but that's not my own writing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I really don't have anything. Uh, you know what? I'm I actually wanted to, to go over, there's a book that, I, that I've been reading. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Puppet. 
Mm-hmm. It's a 1985 book. And I really wanted to share um, something about the book. Like, mm-hmm. they say that the first, the first few lines of a book have to really captivate you. Like, it has to grasp your attention, like, right away. And if it doesn't, <laughs> there's something wrong with it. Are you sure? Because it's just like... That's what I hear all the time from different, like, I different, you know, videos that I've watched. And it's like the first sentence has to capture you. Hmm. I, I think it depends on what your perspective is. Because some books, you have to give it some time to read. To really to develop, get, yeah. To really get into it. But if you're one of those people who wants their their um, their uh, attention caught right away, just like that, you know what I mean? Um, then that's different, you know? I mean, I can definitely do yeah. that. But um, it just, it depends on the audience you're writing for, essentially. So... Yeah, um, you know, if you're you're writing for a bunch of Marines or whatnot, you start cursing. You start, you know, <laughs> they need that uh, adrenaline rush. You need that adrenaline <laughs> rush. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know. Yeah. There's a there was a Marine who said, you know what? If you want to change your life, make your bed every day. And mm. like, see your attention, like what the flip? What the fuck? Like make your bed. That, that's the simple things in life, though. Yeah. What? But at the same, yeah. I mean, some people understand it. Some people have probably already heard the story of yeah. the life that says make your bed every day. And then there mm-hmm. was a, um. There was a. Um, make your bed because your mom tells you to. Make your bed because your mom, mother flipping tells you to. You see, not the. Oh, I'm glad I got you laughing. That's always good. <laughs> Shouts out to uh, to uh, a podcast that I listen to is uh, Azteca, uh, Charro Azteca, the Charro Azteca podcast. Have you have you heard of that podcast? I have not, but the name is really catchy. Charro Azteca podcast. They have some interesting topics that they talk about. I think one of them is a real estate agent or something like that. I forgot they resell homes or something. So they talk a lot about different topics and they get into it. One of their uh, uh, episodes was, was just that, that the importance of, of making your own bed every day uh, of just, just that, that by itself, it, it starts something in the mind that it, it prepares you for the day. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that, yeah. Sorry. How that? do you start your day? How do I start my day? Uh, I, I wing it now. You're a so you don't completely wing it, right? Yeah, yeah. I have, um, I guess I have this habit of just the same, same old stuff. It's just, you know, make my tea, you know, brush my teeth. Uh, I stretch a bit. Uh, make sure my kids are well right now is make sure my kids are online in the morning for, for class and stuff mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah I guess we all have our little habits that we build up some of us have not so good habits of certain mm-hmm. things I know I can pick out a lot of bad habits that I have throughout the day but uh, mm-hmm. yes how does your day start um, I guess with my eyes open <laughs> con los ojos abiertos mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that was a that was something that uh it was an ongoing family joke my uncle my like favorite uncle who uh who served in the navy um i, I would he would say uh he would jokingly say como amanecistes and i said good said, no 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 
con los ojos abiertos. <laughs> so, um, that, that was one, you know, he, he told a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of like, like vulgar jokes, unos chistes plebes, unos chistes picantes. How do you think? But they were funny. Oh my God. The, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't, I don't remember the joke, but it, it had to do with, uh, with glasses. Basically, this gentleman had some kind of issue with his glasses. And it turned out that his glasses weren't his. Lent is there. I'm going to continue in Spanish. And then I'll, I'll translate in English. Que, que los lentes mm. de este hombre no eran bifocales. Eran lentes mm. bisexuales. Así <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you. I told you. Oh, you were wow. <laughs> I don't think there are any women writers on here right now, but I mean, it's all good. <laughs> I don't know if on here. I think I saw her come on. <laughs> uh, now, where does your uh, family come from? Uh, my family comes from Colombia, and it's a whole mm. mix. On my on my dad's side, there's some Afro-Caribbean, you know, generation or two back. Um, but I mean, the Colombia is part of Colombia is uh, has the Caribbean Sea, um, and then generations back, there's also Sicilian and Italian. But we're talking like mm -hmm. four or five generations back. Yeah, yeah. My wife has that Afrocentric in her. She's Puerto Rican. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got Robert. Thank um, you, <laughs> Robert. Are you still down to do the uh, to read some uh, passage from your book, uh, or passage from a writing, some writing you've done? Are you still laughing, Robert? <laughs> You're still laughing. Oh man! <laughs> um, I was just trying to fill up some of the air, give him a chance to respond. Sometimes his phone. Uh, Runs out of battery, or I'm not sure what else. So we shall see. Hopefully, mm. they'll be able to join or whatnot. Does anybody have any questions? Any favorite writing methods? Anything they're working on? Carnalismo, what are you working on? Because I, I read that you're working on something. Can you, you know, say what topic it's about or whatnot? What do you feel about editing while you write? Um, I'm always editing, and you know it, it's yeah. just uh, it, it's just part of my process. It's mm -hmm. uh, like it, I'm such a stickler for my own grammar when I'm writing and such. So you know I'm constantly like writing, rewriting, and all that other good stuff. When I'm in the process of like free writing, that's different, you know. Bye, sweetheart. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, I I think it depends on what you're writing though, because it's just like. If you're writing off the cuff or if you're writing for your friends, like they shouldn't mm -hmm. care whether you have perfect grammar or spelling or whatever the hell it is. You know, it's, it's something that's written from the heart. So, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever hip hop yeah. you're, um, hip hop that you're, that you're writing, or if you're doing, uh, one of those, what is it? Those speaks, the, those talks, where you just kind of Smoking. freestyle talking. Yeah, the freestyle. Yeah. Uh, Marco, so you uh, you write poetry? That's cool, man. 
Would you mind sharing some on the live here? I gotta look for my notepads that I that I would write a lot of poetry on. Um, I have some good ones, but uh, I need to look for that. I would like to, um, if Carnalismo, uh, if uh, Marco wants to share something, I'm gonna go get my notepad. If uh, I like to share some stuff from my from my um, from my writing that I've been working on, because I really need some feedback. I don't know if you guys are willing to give me some feedback on that. Absolutely. I bet you Carnalismo would be, Marcos would be good at giving you feedback as well. And it might be a good change to, um, are you, I'm just, I'm going to just hype you up, Marcos. I think you should go live. You know, we need to switch it up, have a different voice, a little more energy. I mean, I can put more energy into it. I was just kind of going with the floor. Right Let's go. All gas, no breaks. All left. Let's go. Sleep is the kind All right, of let's see if uh, Robert or, or Marco wants to join in and uh, get mm -hmm. something going. And uh, let me go get my, my notepads. I, I like to share something. All right. I'll hold the fort down until you get back. What's <laughs> up, everybody? Hello, Ready Made the Wise. Our car is faster than the speed of light. Yes, our car is faster than speed of light. Why not? You know, we're going to ride a rocket or something. We're riding oh, a no, unicorn. Okay, sweetheart. What? Okay, sweetheart. Keep it, down. Keep it down, mister. Okay, thank you. All right. Unicorn rainbow. Thank you. No, not insofar as sharing. But insofar as just like talking with Victor about what you do, you know, when you're right, or just like listening to him and giving him feedback, just to have a dip. Well, I don't know. Let's vote on it, maybe. Do you guys want to keep on hearing from me, or do you want to see Marcos come up? Just write down names or something. Have Ruddy break down his poetic verse. Okay. But What's up, 90s galore? Hello, double A, Andy, anatomical. So y'all, you know, definitely follow my Hintic and Write podcast. Let your friends know about the podcast. I think he may or may not do every Thursday, but I will, you know, definitely help promote for him as well. It's always good to, you know, support young people with their podcasts and their dreams and all that other good stuff, you know. He's a great writer, and he's a paraeducator, too. Um, and also follow um, Profile Pod TV on Instagram and on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. Please, YouTube, subscribe to Profile Pod TV, double A, Andy Anatomical. He's really cool people, really good person. I still haven't met anybody who has anything bad to say about him, you know, no matter what, you know. I I've heard maybe heard a few things, but it's okay. I don't care what they say about you, Andy. You're okay in my book. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Victor is back. Welcome back, host of my hey. podcast. Thank you so much for having me on your live. Um, oh, thank you for, <laughs> for holding out the fork. <laughs> thank you for that. Yes, it was it was definitely an honor because it's your podcast, your idea, it's your your baby, you know. Well, um, it's the Hentis podcast. It's a, podcast the Hentis to learn. Really oh my god! You know what? I like beef. Who doesn't like beef, man? Like, yeah, beef and you know what? I, you know what? Sorry, I know that for you guys, it's a really bad word, but you know, it, I'm basically insulting <laughs> myself in the process. <laughs> Burger beef. Um, Burger beef. I know, right? I got no beef. I have no beef with anybody. I'd rather just sit down and hey, enjoy Andy. nice Manuel. That's enough. Let me finish my thought, yeah, please. Shh. 
Silencio, por favor. Ok, sweetheart. Thank you. I'd rather just share the beef with somebody, you know, over lunch or dinner or, you know, virtual, whatever. <laughs> ok, thank you, Manny. Ok, goodbye, Manny. Thank you. I gave you screen time. Oh, no, I didn't. I'll give you screen time. All right. Are you going to share your writing, Victor? I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. I, um, so is this story that I wanted to, uh, I've, I've been working on this one, but I just don't know. So it's a, it's, it has to do with brujería. So it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's called brujería. The story is called brujería. And um, mm -hmm. it's basically, have you, have you all seen the, that, that one movie, um, the craft? Mm. You ever it, seen the craft? Is it with like, with like well-known actresses or is it a horror movie? It's a horror movie, and there there is well known actresses in it. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, so it's like four girls that that go into the you know into the black magic and all that. And it, at one point, one of the girls is levitating another girl in their room and stuff like that. I don't know if you remember that movie. Did it come out like in the late nineties or something? Or yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So it's not that much of a horror movie. I can't do horror. Most horror movies. Um, that, that's all. <laughs> so it's kind of like the idea comes from that but then again i i implemented a lot of ideas from um from uh curanderas and stuff like that mm -hmm. and um stories that i've heard and um friends have told me of, of certain curanderas that that can cure uh people because of these these uh uh what do they call it these architects is, is what the curanderas say that the architects talk to them to be able to cure mm -hmm. um people and that's a true story it's like a real a real curanderas in mexico that actually speak to these architects and there's more than one uh curanderas that have mentioned that and a lot of people you know i, I guess they they call them brujas or whatnot but okay. i mean most of them um i mean bruja is not even a bad name i mean it's, it's not a bad thing it's, to be a bruja. it's just become associated with being such a bad thing with, essentially yeah yeah, it's just basically people that dabble into the, into the magic, and of course, there's two ways of magic: it's black and white magic. So, you know, so it's, so here's here goes some some of the passages that are the beginning of the um of the story. So, uh, ustedes bruja. So there's this inter the interview going on between um uh with the curandera that they're interviewing her from um like the those newscasts from like I don't know if you ever seen a uh, uh, rojo vivo or primer impacto or something like that. Um, the Spanish news. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. So something like that. They're interviewing her because, you know, she's the talk of the town. So, mm -hmm. ¿Ustedes bruja? No, muchacho, yo curo a la gente. Eso de la brujería se escucha muy feo. ¿Cómo usted, mm -hmm. ¿cómo usted ayuda a la gente? Pues con hierba y oraciones y por medio de los arquitectos. ¿Arquitectos? Claro. ¿Quién son ellos? Son los que me guían para ayudar a la gente. ¿De qué forma usted sigue las instrucciones de los arquitectos? Doña Josefina points to her head con su mente. Interrupts the interview. Claro, estos arquitectos son per personas que ya fallecieron. No, siempre en, en, han existido en forma de luz. El mundo ha oído a usted de parte de la forma en que usted cura. Y lo, lo que usted cura son enfermedades muy graves. No entiendo por qué tanto relato en cómo la, la, los cura. M muchos curanderos pueden hacer lo mismo, 
buenos curanderos que practican por ayudar, no solamente por el dinero. Entonces, sí es cierto que usted puede curar a las personas que tienen cáncer y el SIDA. Claro, muchacho. And it goes on with, that was my grandmother that has since vanished. Poof, just like that. From one day to another. A few weeks after this interview aired nationwide, my abuelita Josefina went missing. I was about a year old. She went on to that bullshit interview on Rojo Vivo. That must have been around 2004. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I never got to meet her and converse with her. But call me weird, but I think I feel her presence at times. Or maybe it's just my imagination. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I watched that video clip over and over trying to maybe decipher or decipher it or something. But it was clear that she had a gift to cure people of their illnesses. And someone had to take her out. Was it the government? Big Pharma? Who knows? But what really interests me was the architects that she was talking about. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know more. That's basically what it starts off with. So it's basically the, the granddaughter talking in, in a, a retrospect to the video that she kept watching as the, the interview of the abuelita. So, mm -hmm. that's yeah, so that's some of the passage. That's interesting. What does any, everybody else have to say? Well, I'll keep on uh, putting, you know, giving my opinion in the, in the interim. Um, I myself don't practice witchcraft. Um, I, I respect anyone who does. Um, the indicator went off. So um, I've gotten tarot readings done. I've gotten, you know, that kind of stuff done. Um, but, um, but I think that we can talk about a bigger, like a broader, topic in relation to Gurrandiria, like energy essentially mm -hmm. you know because it's just like we all notice when you know there's a really positive person who walks in and you automatically feel just a little bit better maybe a little bit happier whatever whenever you're around them you know what I mean um mm -hmm. and it's part of their energy part of their aura per se you know I'm a spiritual person I believe that everyone has their their energy and they can choose their energy as well. You know what I mean? Um, you can choose to mm -hmm. let other people's attitudes, energies affect you, or you can choose to kind of rise above that and keep your frequency, keep your positivity high. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that that's a possibility. Um, insofar as the grandmother curing people, um, I, I'm a bit skeptical of caring diseases extreme diseases as like cancer and aids you know um, yeah that's I, i'm not gonna say it's not possible but um that is a bit of a stretch for me to believe you know what i mean i, I know that some people you know whether it's the power of god the power of curanderia or or whatever it may be you know it, it's possible it's something that in my head it's uh it's still a little hard to believe yeah i'm a little skeptical of that but insofar as like healing energy i've received um reiki healing sessions reiki is when someone kind of tunes into your energy and helps adjust it based on how they they perceive it so um mm -hmm. that's something different if you haven't heard of reiki you know i can go into that another time i don't want to 
you know, I want to stick to the to the writing topic that we're. Uh, it's like a meditation, right? Um, Reiki is a little different. It's more uh, a certified uh, practitioner, a certified healer, per se. Mm. Um, place their hands over you. They don't typically don't oh, physical contact. They they're, they mm -hmm. put their hands over you like this. And they can feel your energy, whether there's anger, sadness, resentment, hate, mm. you know, like uh, past pain or whatever else it may be, if you believe in that. And I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do believe that we're, we're essentially energy is what we really are. I mean, our soul is basically energy. Right. That's the energy that's bundled up in within your body and stuff. But um, as for... How do you feel about a book or a story that has multi-language in it or just, you know, you know, two different languages that go hand in hand? Like, I've noticed certain stories that I've read that have uh, Spanish and uh, they, the author tries to, you know, have that Spanish line or sentence and right after try to clarify it with the English language. So that's, I don't know, like, I never really liked that to clarify something with the what's supposedly the primary language in the book you know like i just wanted to flow for someone that speaks both languages like a, you know someone that's spanglish or whatnot mm -hmm. they can enjoy better when it's just flowing without having to explain what that last sentence was you know what i mean mm -hmm. i guess that would you know the author would have to take into consideration their their audience and their readers you know, mm -hmm. just like how there are different languages for books, there can be different versions of a book so that more readers can easily understand it and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Thanks mm -hmm. for joining us, Marcos. Have a good night. Hey, well, Marco, gracias. Thank you for joining in, brother. Gracias. Have a good night. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Keep on talking. I'll but, but as for the, um, the passage in general, mm -hmm. like, what what would you suggest that I like continue um, with the story? Like, do you think it's a good enough uh, that it's a strong enough plot to have as the granddaughter is in search of who these architects are that her grandmother was talking about? Is that good enough a uh, 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 plot to that can develop into something strong? You think? Um, I think it is, but the more important question is whether you think it is. That's uh, mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess there's a possibility to develop plot, you know, in every, I mean, if there's stories out there that came from small, you know, ideas that can, that were, be, that were able to blow up as big ideas, you know, is, is it's a possibility for anything, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. yeah, but you're right. You know, like it's, it's a question about, do you believe in, your story, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you have to believe in your own story in order to give it that authentic voice, give it that passion behind it, give it that authenticity. Hmm. And I know research has a lot to do with that as well for something that, because I'm not really, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories in, uh, you know, from the Pueblito that my family come from, you know, in, in, in uh, Jalisco, Mexico. You know, there's a lot of um, history with Puran. Uh, and all that you know what I mean so uh there is a lot of talk with that and, and I do know I do know the basics of it but uh you know not enough to to be able to 
clearly state certain things that only the people within that the you know within the uh, community of Guaranderismo, you know, mm -hmm. they know, you know. So I need to really, you know, find out information, more information about that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So but, was uh, your so your grandmother was was a currandera in certain certain ways. What was that? Was your was your grandmother a currandera? Oh, um, no. Well, just the, I think it's just the basics of what all like Mexican, uh, you know, uh, traditional Mexican women did in, in you know Mexico, like you know, it just 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 uh, like doing like cleaning with the egg and you know things of that sort, you know, but nothing nothing like you know too extreme like killing a chicken or for for whatever you know none of that stuff like no no sacrificial type mm. stuff you know what i mean yeah 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 but um yeah i mean uh is robert still in the line i can't see whether i it, i see that he's joined so i'm hoping he is robert Bobby, hey, what's you? up i'm calling you up bro you should come up jump come uh, jump on the live and thanks for that comment, Daniel. I appreciate that. Um, I, one person had a comment. Um, Flo DCM said, dialogue in stories is my biggest struggle. So I'm just curious to know how dialogue is your biggest struggle and how, I don't know, how, how that could be helped in one way or another. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because it, is it the transition? Or is it just including the dialogue? There's so many different ways that could be an issue. So, all right. You know, a challenge. And does, does every story need dialogue? Or can you just describe the situation without having to? Or can, can you just describe that so-and-so is talking to so-and-so about something? Does it have to be dialogue all the time? Like, that's a, that's a question for you guys to, I don't know if anyone wants to answer that. Come on, guys. We want some audience participation here. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a question. What do, what do you guys think? We want to know. Including the dialogue. There we go. Thanks, Flo, for, uh, for letting us know what is, uh, what's up with including the dialogue. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, including dialogue. You don't need to include... Um, it all depends on your on how long or how short of a story that you're writing or what the piece that you're writing on. So yeah. you don't necessarily need dialogue, you know, because I mean, they're in. What if you can't speak? You know what I mean? Mm. What if you're writing, you know, from the perspective of somebody thinking? I don't know. It, it's just something that occurred to me. Yeah, yeah. Or like, no doubt, person, no. you know, who, who can only sign as opposed to having a dialogue. Hmm. No doubt. No doubt. Well. Um. Oh, hey, Abraham. Oh, hey, Abraham. You know, my my mistake though, because ASL American Sign Language it is a language, and you can have dialogue that way, but just not in the in the I guess traditional, you know, regular regular non hearing challenge sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's that's a uh, research too. Like I mentioned, research is is a really important factor that that really helps out with the whole structure of the story. And that's I'm writing historical fiction. Ooh, that's a challenge right there. 
How's that going for you? Historical fiction. Wow. Yeah, that's not an easy task. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I am going to... Um, All righty. All righty, Tina. Thank you so much thank for you. me. Uh, hi, everyone. Thanks so much for uh, for uh, listening and all that jazz. Um, you know, congratulations, Victor, to your podcast. And I'll definitely oh, thank you. joining in. Thank you very much. Have a good night, Tina. And thank you for all your help. Well, you too. All right. Can you give us a little uh, uh, info on what type of historical fiction you're writing, Daniel? Playing some uh, some oldies here. But yeah, so you know, every Thursday, every Thursday at eight, I'm gonna try to have this uh, live going on in uh, Chicano history. Damn, that's what's up. You know, one of the stories that I'm writing also, like I said, I always have fucking ideas coming at me all the time, and I'm trying to always, I'm trying to always just write them down and just get the get the the juices going for that story, you know. But uh, it's a story that I'm that I'm, that I'm uh, starting, and it's called Brown Pride. And uh, it's based off of uh, the 1960s. And, you know, in the 1960s when the whole uh, walkout was happening and all that. So this story is basically uh, what would happen if the Chicanos that were, you know, of that time really, really uh, reveled and, and, and really got, Got into basically going going at it with the uh, with the uh, um, with the white people, you know, with the white kids, um, and really had uh, basically, you know, try to get even with with all the racist stuff that was going on back then, and uh, all the things that that they were being denied and all that. What if they really, really were, uh, you know, not as they as they went down, like they were really like anti-violence and all that. But what if they actually got down and really, you know, I mean, did some did some crazy stuff, you know, to all the oppressors? What would happen? So it's a story about you know some high schoolers that um, basically started started this um, this um, not a gang, but basically started alerting everyone that this was gonna happen. Like, so I kind of wrote a. a, a uh, what's it called? A synopsis on what the story is about. And so let me read some of it. Based in the 1960s, when Chicano high school students had a lot of challenges because of their race, a group of neighborhood friends decide to make a change. Peaceful outcries don't seem to make a change. They decide to make a change on their own, a change that requires force. They start a movement at school to spread the word to all schools for Chicanos and along with other people of color to bash on white students, and this leaks out to the streets. It becomes an all-out race war. Aslan is no longer kindly asking for what's rightfully theirs. They are taking it back. So what if that went down? What if that went down?